The Old Testament lesson appointed for this Thanksgiving Eve service is from Deuteronomy chapter 8. The whole commandment that I command you today, you shall be careful to do, that you may live and multiply and go in and possess the land that the Lord swore to give to your fathers. And you shall remember the whole way that the Lord your God has led you these 40 years in the wilderness, that he might humble you, testing you to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandment or not. And he humbled you and let you hunger and fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you know that man does not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Your clothing did not wear out on you, and your foot did not swell these forty years. Know then in your heart that as a man disciplines his son, the Lord your God disciplines you. So you shall keep the commandments of the Lord your God by walking in his ways and by fearing him. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, the land of brooks of water, of fountains and springs, flowing out in the valleys and hills, a land of wheat and barley, of vines and fig trees and pomegranates, a land of olive trees and honey, a land in which you will eat bread without scarcity, in which you will lack nothing, a land whose stones are iron and out of whose hills you can dig copper. And you shall eat and be full. And you shall bless the Lord your God for the good land that he has given you. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We, the epistle lesson is from 1 Timothy chapter 2. First of all then, I urge that supplications and prayers and intercessions and thanksgivings be made for all people, for kings and for all who are in high positions, that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. This is good, and it is pleasing in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We sing, Blessed Be Your Name. Please rise. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 17th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. On the way to Jerusalem... Jesus was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered a village, he was met by ten lepers who stood at a distance and lifted up their voices, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice, and he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Now he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus answered, Were not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, Rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Well, grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The text that I've selected for this evening's message as we celebrate Thanksgiving Day is from Deuteronomy, the 26th chapter, beginning at verse 1. We read, 
when you have entered the land the Lord your God is giving to you as an inheritance and have taken possession of it and settled in it, take some of the first fruits of all that you produce from the soil of the land that the Lord your God has given you and put it in a basket. Then go to the place the Lord your God has, will choose as his dwelling place for his name and say to the priest in the office at the time, I declare today to the Lord your God that I have come to the land the Lord swore to our ancestors to give to us. The priest shall take the basket from your hands and set it down in front of the altar of the Lord your God. And then you shall declare before the Lord your God, My father was a wandering Aramean, and he went down into Egypt with a few people and lived there and became a great nation, powerful and numerous. But the Egyptians mistreated us, and made us suffer, subjecting us to harsh labor. Then we cried out to the Lord, the God of our ancestors, and the Lord heard our voice and saw our misery, toil, and oppression. So the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm, with great terror and with signs and wonders. He brought us to this place and gave us this land, a land flowing with milk and honey. And now I bring the first fruits of the soil that you, Lord, have given me. Place the basket before the Lord your God and bow down before him. Then you and the Levites and the foreigners residing among you shall rejoice in all the good things the Lord your God has given to you and to your household. This is our text. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Well, three men are conversing over lunch. And the first says, sometimes I go to the refrigerator, I open the door, and I forget what I was going to get. The second responds, well, I catch myself on the stairs, and I can't remember if I'm going up or if I'm going down. The third man, the one hosting the lunch, says somewhat proudly while knocking on wood, I don't recall any problems with my memory. Oh, did someone hear the door? The knock on the door? How's your memory? Is it kind of like these three gentlemen? How good are you at remembering names and dates? Do you remember to thank people for the good things that they do for you? Or do you find that you have selective memory? That you remember only certain past events? Well, in our sermon text for this evening, God is trying to jog our memory. Our Lord is urging us to remember with thanksgiving what He has done for us in the past, what He is doing for us in the present, and what He's going to do for us in the future. As we remember, I hope that we will be surprised. Surprised by the God-given reasons for which we have very much to be thankful for this evening. And I pray that this will be a time of thanksgiving remembrance. Thanksgiving Day is a time to remember where we have been. The Israelites remembered where they had been. In the text that I just read to you, we heard these words. My father was a wandering Aramean, And he went down into Egypt with a few people and lived there and became a great nation, powerful and numerous. 
But the Egyptians mistreated us and made us suffer, putting us to hard labor. Then we cried out to the Lord, the God of our fathers, and the Lord heard our voice and saw our misery, toil, and oppression. And so the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm, with great terror and with miraculous signs and wonders. The Israelites were oppressed. They were worked ruthlessly. Their lives were made bitter with hard labor. Their infant firstborn sons were killed. But the Lord heard their pleas for help, and he delivered them from these hardships. And now, many years later, remembering where they had been and how God had delivered them from their dire predicament, they have reason now to give thanks to God, to have a thanksgiving remembrance. As many of you know, this year we at St. James are observing our 90th anniversary. It was 90 years ago that this church was birthed. And as we look back, we see that there were times of difficulty and there were, t- there were good times. Most, if not all of us, can only imagine the struggles the founders endured as they started St. James in the days of the Great Depression. And then they had to weather the uncertain times of, the, of World War II. And then there was the starting of a Lutheran school and the construction of this new church facility, which isn't so new anymore. There were moments of challenge. There were moments of elation. There were times of sorrow, and there were times of happiness. There were times when God's people were humbled, and there were other times when they exalted the Lord. As God's people worked together to make St. James St. James, they trusted that God was with them and enabled them to persevere as they stood firmly upon the promises of God's Word. As we remember the not-so-long-ago past, we recollect times that we've shared here in this sanctuary, memorable Christmas services and Easter services. We share the joys of celebrated baptisms and confirmations and weddings. We also share in the sorrow of mourning the death of an untimely, uh, the untimely death of a young person or the passing of a longtime beloved member. But we also remember as members working in partnership in the gospel, those wonderful times of working on vacation Bible school projects and Christmas programs and trunks of treats and choirs and bell choirs and Sunday school and church cleanups. And the list is endless. I've only really just touched the surface of the things that we have done together as the people of God in this place. And as we remember the past 90 years of St. James, our one overwhelming response is to give praise and thanks to God, our merciful God, for His faithfulness to us. And in our personal lives, as we remember where we have been in the past, not all those memories are pleasant are they? Even those memories that are pleasing may just accent those that are not so pleasing. André Zide, a French novelist, warned, nothing is more fatal to happiness than the remembrance of happiness. 
And yet as we look back, we may recollect those times where we were, when we were sick, when we were discouraged, when we were at our wit's end, when we felt as though no one cared. But then, God reminded us that He had not forgotten us. And He did that by having a member of our congregation reach out to us. Maybe it was a timely sermon. Maybe it was a phone call. Maybe it was a card. Maybe it was a visit. Maybe it was an email. But God, through that person or persons, helped us and encouraged us and healed us. Those were happy moments. Those are happy memories for which we can give thanks to God. In the ever-accelerating aspects of our lives, we may be prone to get on with our lives and forget about looking back at the times when the Lord helped us through our difficulties with our family and our finances and our jobs and our health. But now as we pause and we look back, we see how God worked His will in our lives, how He humbled us and how He refocused our attention on, on Him again. We remember Jesus' death, His love for us that moved Him to die on the cross for, for me, for you, for all, so that our sins might be forgiven. And we remember Jesus' resurrection from the dead and His promise of everlasting life and how that has brought us such comfort and hope when we've grieved the death of people we love or as we've watched people suffer knowing that suffering will come to an end and we'll experience the bliss of a new heaven and earth. Yes, we remember those times of the past where we came into this sanctuary and we remembered our own baptism as we looked at the baptismal font. We heard God's absolution spoken to us again and again, covering over the sins in which we live. We've been able to come forward and receive the very body and blood of Christ for the forgiveness of our sins. And we've remembered, we've remembered the great love and mercy that God has for us in the past in the present, and into the future. And so considering where we have been in the past, or more appropriately, where God has been in our past, we can with thanksgiving remembrance proclaim, thanks be to God for His indescribable gifts. Thanksgiving Day gives us an opportunity to remember where we are now. The Israelites, they stand on the edge of the promised land. The words of our text serve as an instruction to them as to what they're to do once they get settled in the land. They're to, once they get settled in the land, they're to, they're to bring a first fruit, an offering to the Lord in thankfulness for all that He has done for them and how He has fulfilled His promises to them. I mean, as they wandered through the wilderness, He fed them, He clothed them, He protected them, He multiplied them. And now, in the present where they find themselves, they're grateful. They're grateful for God's faithfulness to them even though they have been rebellious against Him. And remembering God's faithfulness, they give God the credit and they bring the first fruits of the soil that He is giving to them. As we heard in our text, so the Lord brought us out of Egypt He brought us to this place and He gave us this land, a land flowing with milk and honey, and now I bring the first fruits of the soil that You, O Lord, 
have given to me. Well, through the story of the Israelites, the Lord is kind of tapping us on the shoulder. And He's asking us if we have stopped to think about where we are today as a congregation. I mean, what a privilege it is for us to be able to ring the church bell as we did, as we called people to worship. And not only for us the call to worship, but even the community calling them to worship. And we've been doing that for how many decades? How privileged we are to hear the message of God's love in Christ spoken from the pulpit and the lectern again and again and again. How privileged we are to have fellowship with the living God and with one another at the communion railing. And what a joy it is to hear God's word of forgiveness pronounced over our sinful lives. And what a blessing it is for us to be able to use modern technology to worship together and to connect with one another in devotion and prayer when we're not able to all gather together here in this sanctuary at this time. I mean, who would have ever thought, even eight or nine months ago, that our congregation, that our land, that this world would be so impacted by COVID-19 that we would find ourselves observing Thanksgiving Day in the manner in which we are. And yet, despite the situation in which we find ourselves, even as a congregation, tonight we remember God's ongoing faithfulness to us as a congregation, and it makes our hearts swell with thanksgiving And it moves us, it moves us to bring our first fruits to Him. Now, we may prefer not to remember where we are right now in our own personal lives. And maybe for some pretty good reasons. Our present situation may bring us only sadness and discontentment and disappointment and anger and anxiety and even depression Most of us can probably relate to the sentiments of the following bumper stickers. We were born naked, wet, and hungry, and then things got worse. Or the other bumper sticker, it's as bad as you think, and they are out to get you. Yes, life has been pretty difficult. Something that we probably prefer not to remember. In a Calvin and Hobbes cartoon, Hobbes says, I love the fall. I like the cool days, the smell of leaves, the low sunlight, and the sky looks even more blue when the trees are yellow and red. But Calvin responds, I don't know. I think autumn is melancholy. Summer is over, and in a week or two, everything will be hunkered down for the long, bleak winter. Nothing lasts. Fall is just the last fling before things get worse. To which Hobbes counters, if good things lasted forever, would we appreciate how precious they are? And then Calvin, well, he watches a single leaf flutter to the ground and he says, I like to have everything so good that I can take it for granted. Can you relate to Calvin's wish? I like to have it so good, to have everything so good that I can take it for granted. Sadly, that's not the kind of world in which we find ourselves living. We live in a world where there's real pain and where there is misery and it's experienced by everyone. 
your misery and your pain may be different from mine, but we will all experience misery and pain because of the consequences of sin in this world. But no matter the circumstances, remember the Lord is with us right now. We are the recipient of God's continued blessings despite our faults and our weaknesses and our sins, despite the unsettledness in our life. What we can take for granted, but truly appreciate, is our Father's unfailing love for us. What we can take for granted is our Savior's undying compassion and care for us. What we can take for granted is the Holy Spirit's ongoing presence in our lives through His Word and through the sacraments. You see, God is good. He is faithful to us in all the circumstances of life, no matter what it is we're facing. And of these truths that I've just shared with you, we can be absolutely certain. And when we see life through these truths that God has revealed to us in His Word, we can begin to see life differently. And we can even have reason to give thanks in the midst of the most trying times of our life. As we pause to remember where we are, we begin to realize that none of the things that we have or the person that we are would be possible if we did not have the love of God in our lives. And so we can, with thanksgiving remembrance, proclaim, thanks be to God for His indescribable gifts. Well, Thanksgiving Day provides us with an opportunity to remember where it is that we're going. The Israelites looked forward to crossing the Jordan River and entering into the Promised Land, and God made that possible for them. God parted the water so that they could cross over into the Promised Land, and then He enabled them to conquer their enemies, and He allowed them to settle the land. As a congregation... We've had our own Jordan rivers to cross over the years. And we have many Jordan rivers to, over, to cross over yet in the future. I mean, we still have the challenge, the ongoing challenge of bridging the gap between us and ever-increasing unbelieving community. We have the challenge of reconnecting with people who once loved Jesus but who are now indifferent to Him. We have the challenge of overcoming the paralysis of fear that inhibits us from engaging other people and being engaged in God's mission and sharing His love with them in their most dire time of need. We have the challenge of ministering to members and other people who quarantine themselves, not just from the world around them, but who are even quarantining themselves from Christ Himself. But wherever we go, in whatever we do, no matter our future as a congregation, we trust that the Lord will guide our steps and He will enable us to cross over those Jordan rivers of life. As God's chosen people, as sons and daughters in His family, we know where we're going. Our future is certain. The promised land awaits us. We simply stand on this side of heaven and we look across and know the promised land is there. And we do need to pass through the river, the river called death. But God will miraculously part that river of death, making it possible for, for us to cross from death to life. 
And one day our grave will be opened and we will be bodily resurrected from the dead. And Jesus, he's made this absolutely certain for you and for me and for all those who believe in him with his own suffering on the cross, with his death on that cross and his resurrection from the dead. And as we consider where it is that we're going, where the Lord is going to take us, we can be thankful. And with thankful remembrance, we can sing, thanks be to God for his indescribable gifts. My friends in Christ, whatever our circumstances, we have reason to pause in thankful, for, thankful remembrance for what God has done for us in the past, what God is doing for us in the present, and what God has promised to do for us in the future. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gifts. Please join me in prayer, we pray. Lord, I worry because I forget your wisdom. I resent because I forget your mercy. I covet because I forget your beauty. I sin because I forget your holiness. I fear because I forget your sovereignty. You always remember me. Help me to always remember you. For you, O oh Lord, are my indescribable gift. Amen.